I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's another drive to work. Okay, so today, um, I just got back from a week-long trip to Chicago. So for those who've been listening along, you know that Rachel is off to college. Um, for privacy reasons, I'm not going to say what college she's going to, uh, but she chose a college in Chicago. So we needed to go drop off Rachel. Uh, and while we were there, we thought we'd see Chicago. So Rachel and I had gone uh, last uh, in the winter to go see the college when she was trying to figure out where she wanted to go. Um, but other than that trip, none of my family had ever been to Chicago before. Now, I, I had been, and a lot of today is going to talk about uh, my many times in Chicago, most of which were uh, about magic. Um, my very, very first trip to Chicago, first couple actually, were not at all magic related. They were when I was a kid. Um, my mom has a twin sister named Ellen, and Ellen for a while lived in Chicago, um, and we visited her there once or twice. Then she moved to Milwaukee, and we visited her multiple times in Milwaukee, and a couple of the times we ended up, Chicago's like an hour from Milwaukee. So um, in my youth, I was in Chicago a bunch of times. Um, I, I, uh, I, have, I have some vague memories of it, just because I was a bit young, but... Um, but anyway, my first few times in Chicago were before Magic existed. Um, my first time in Chicago post-Magic, because Wizard sent me there, uh, there's a thing called the ABA, which stands for the American Bookseller Association, I believe. Um, and it's all about if you want to sell books, it's a convention all about, you know, all the publishers and stuff gather. And Magic was doing things with books. And so this is the very early days where I was going to every convention they would let me go to. Um, and I'm not sure how in the world I ended up at uh, the uh, ABA convention, but uh, I was excited to go to Chicago, I guess. I, I don't know what it was. So anyway, that was the first time, I think, um, on Wizards Time that went to Chicago. But the main, my main trip, the ones that really are, uh, the, I mean, I don't remember much about my trip to the ABA. I mean, very vaguely. But the other five trips that I took uh, on Wizards was to five Pro Tours. So there have been five Chicago Pro Tours, all of which were pretty exciting. Um, so I'm going to talk today about, um, about the Pro Tours and a little bit about Chicago in general. Um, I, we, my family did have a chance to sort of see Chicago. So I will weave in some Chicago things uh, as we talk about different Chicago events. Okay, so we're going to go back to October 10th through 12th of 1997. Um, so this was in the second season? So the Pro Tour started in 1996, uh, in February of 1996. Uh, so this would be the second season. Um, so I think if I remember correctly, this was the first, um, is that right? It might have been the start of the third season, because the first season was very short. It was just um, New York, Los Angeles, Columbus, and Worlds. Uh, and so the second, yeah, this was the th beginning of the third season. Um, and in it, a a young upstart, someone who we'd never seen before. This was his first Pro Tour. He went and beat and won the Pro Tour. You might know him as Randy Bueller. So this is the first time I ever met Randy. So uh, Randy shows up at his very first Pro Tour. It was an extended event. Uh, and Randy was playing uh, a Necro deck built by Eric Lauer, who um, I had no idea who Eric Lauer was at the time. Obviously, I work with him very closely now. Um, so what happened was Randy Bueller was playing David Mills. Um, for those that might not know their Pro Tour history, um, in the second season, David Mills was in the finals of the second Pro Tour Los Angeles against Tommy Hovey of, uh, of um, Finland. 
and uh, date from the U.S. Uh, and uh, he at the time you had to pay for your spells before you played them. Like you, you had to tap your mana first and then play your spell. Now you can show the spell and then tap in response. Um, anyway, David uh, kept showing the spell before he tapped his mana. So much so that he got more and more warnings for it. And finally, uh, he was about to get DQ'd. Uh, he, I mean, he eventually did get DQ'd from it. Um, and because the judges kept telling him not to do that. And, he, and because it was part of how he played. Like, it was so ingrained. Like, he wasn't thinking about it. Um, and what happened was, it was game four. And he needed a card to beat um, Tommy. Tommy was up two to one. And he need, David needed a certain card to be able to win the game. And... Um, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He wasn't up to one. He was up, right? He was. Uh, David Mills was up two to one. This would have been. This would have won the whole thing for him. Um, and so all he needed was uh, a certain amount of mana to be able to play this card, and then he was going to win. And so when he finally got the mana he needed, he was so excited that he just played it right away. And the judges had given warning upon warning upon warning, and so he got a final warning and got DQ'd. Um, now, there was a big brouhaha. Have you ever heard? I, I think I've done a podcast on the, the riot in LA, the player riot. Uh, people were very upset. We had never DQ'd someone in the finals before. And the DQ was super technical. It wasn't like, um, like I said, we, we later would change the rules because we felt like it just was something that players should be able to do. Um, that it wasn't, really shouldn't be illegal. But anyway, um, David Mills was famous kind of for that incident. So it was a, another season three that happened in season two. Season three, very first pro tour of the season, and um, young upstart Randy Bueller plays David Mills in the finals. And um, I don't remember what Mills was playing. Uh, Randy was playing a, a necro deck built by Eric, who he who he called the Mad Doctor. I believe was was uh, how he referred to him. That was like his nickname back in the day. Um, so what happens is they're playing in the finals and. Randy, Randy, uh, the, the, the winning moment of the match is something where Randy assumes Dave has something, so he's playing around it. Um, but then he gets to the point where, then like he realizes that Dave doesn't actually have it. Like he, he could have won turns earlier, but he was playing cautious because he thought that Dave Mills had something, which Dave didn't have. Um, like Dave had played something in a certain way that like, the only way it made sense is if he had something, but he didn't. Anyway, Randy wins, and he's very surprised. He did not expect to win when he wins. Not that he didn't expect to overall win. He just didn't think in that moment right there he was going to win. So what used to happen back in the day was we used to... I used to interview the players after they won. Um, sometimes I would interview... For a while, I would interview them in between matches. If you ever saw my famous interview with Tommy Hobie from that very same L.A., where I, I just couldn't get Tommy to talk, and then I started laughing. Ah, a wonderful interview. Um... And I started doing interviews after, I think, just because um, in-between didn't work quite as well. So anyway, after Randy wins, I interview him. I have no idea where this tape went. It might be lost for all. Uh, but there was a great interview where I'm interviewing Randy, and Randy is just shell-shocked. Because he's just won the Pro Tour, and he kind of won in a fashion that he didn't expect to win. And just, like, he kind of can't believe he won. Um, and so I, I'm interviewing him. And he's very excited. It's a young Randy. And um, anyway, uh, I, I, there's a lot of tape that over the years has gotten lost. That's one of the things I've always wished to find is this interview of me of Randy because it was a very fun interview. Um, and Randy just completely shocked. So obviously, Randy would go on to uh, 
work for um, for Wizards. He would actually be my boss at one point. Um, he's the one that actually promoted me to head designer. Um, he would go on to do commentary. I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, and he would eventually get in the, the Hall of Fame. Uh, in fact, in fact, here's a great trivia question. Every single winner of a Pro Tour Chicago, and there's five Pro Tour Chicagos, although only four winners, we'll get to that, um, have been inducted into the Hall of Fame. And numerous of the runner-ups have as well. We'll, we'll, As they get to them, I'll talk about that. Um, But anyway, so that's the first Pro Tour Chicago, uh, the one Randy won. Um, And that was, it was quite exciting. Like I said, we, at the time, the way the Pro Tour worked was we sort of moved around and... um, in the early years of the Pro Tour, we decided we wanted to sort of have a little bit of, of anchoring. So uh, we often would have a Pro Tour in Los Angeles on the boat, uh, the Queen Mary, which was a hotel, but it was, it was literally a boat that was anchored. Um, and then we would have, we had a lot of Pro Tours in Chicago. So LA and Chicago um, were the ones where we repeated the most. We did go back to New York a few times. Um, usually in the early days, one of the Pro Tours we would go to um, Europe and one of the Pro Tours, we would go to Japan uh, back in the early days. That, that's how the rotation tended to work. Um, anyway, so the next year, in fact, I think exactly a year later, September 25th to the 27th, 1998, meaning the first Pro Tour of the season, um, Worlds at the time used to be in um, usually August. So the Worlds would be the end of the season, and then it would start. Um, things have shifted a little bit over time. Anyway, um, oh, oh, by the way, another good factoid I wanted to point out was uh, of the five top eights in Chicago, the five PT top eights, John Finkel is in the top eight of four of them. Uh, he actually, came, the one that Randy won, John came in third. Um, now, John would later that season, in the third season, go on to win his very first Pro Tour uh, at, uh, in PT New York. Um, and I think John, I think John goes on to become Pro Player of the Year that year. Because he wins a Pro Tour, he comes in third here. I think he has one other top eight that year. John does very well. Um, anyway, okay, season four. So, um, once again, Pro Tour Chicago is won by a first-timer. A guy from Germany named Dirk Babarowski. You might recognize him. Um, Dirk Dirk uh, was on a... Uh, Dirk and Kai Buda and Marco Bloom were part of the Phoenix Foundation which was uh, a team that won multiple team events. So Kirk, I'm not going to say Dirk. Dirk won one individual event, which is this one, and then two team events. So Dirk is one of a handful of players to have won three Pro Tours. In fact, uh, Dirk has done it, John has done it, Kai has done it. Uh, I'm not sure there's anybody else that's won three. There's a bunch of people that have won two, but I think those are the only three that won three, but I, it's possible in the last uh, year, you know, like, I'm not as up in my Pro Tour trivia as I once was because I, I, I'm not as involved in Pro Tour. So someone might have done it more recently. But um, anyway, so this is Dirk's first Pro Tour ever. It's a Rochester Draft Tournament. Um, and he ends up playing a guy named Casey McCarroll in the finals. So Casey is... Um, he, he would go on to win a different Pro Tour in New York, not the one that John won. Um, I think the one that was held in Rye. Um, anyway... Um, so Dirk, this is the first time we'd ever seen Dirk. Like Randy had come on for the first time um, and won the first Pro Tour. So we had another person. Uh, Dirk would go on. Obviously, he would win three Pro Tours, two which on Phoenix Foundation, one by himself. He would get into the Hall of Fame. Um, Dirk was a really, really good player. Um, 
I know when uh, people would uh, compliment Kai Buda and, and told, uh, there was people they would say that they would take the Kai that he was the best player in the world and he'd go no that's Dirk Babarowski uh, Kai would say um, anyway this was the first time we met Dirk and uh, I'm trying to remember this one um, the, 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 a lot of the famous stories about this protocol aren't even about Dirk um, there was um, the, 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 actually the story I remember about this one actually involves Randy uh, I, I don't need to probably get into this too much, but the, the story basically is Randy is playing... Um, who's Randy playing? He's playing a Canadian. Um, and the the person he's playing... I'm blanking on the person he's playing. The person he's playing... Um, it was late in the tournament, and they were trying to figure out whether to play or not, and they had seated before their, their uh, teammate had said, you have to play or whatever, and so... Technically, it was advice from outside, and Randy was a stickler for the rules, and ended up getting a game loss for his opponent. Um, and it was one of those. It was like a real technical. I mean, like Randy was correct on the books. The people had broken the rules, um, but it was a very. It was one of those things where it was kind of like. Uh, um, it was only in the technical sense. Like it was. It was neither people were really doing what the point of the rule was. It was just kind of like, had he said the thing while he was standing before he sat, then it technically wouldn't have been against the rules. It's only that he sat down first before the person said the thing to him. Um, and the fact that Randy called the, 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 the sort of the technical foul on him and got the game loss, a lot of people didn't like at the time. Anyway, a lot of little tiny controversies at the moment. Um, anyway, uh, so Dirk goes on to win, and uh, it was a very exciting pro tour. Okay, so the next Pro Tour in Chicago is a year later, December 3rd through the 5th in 1999. So Bob Marr Jr. is playing um, Brian Davis. So both of them are from the U.S. Um, obviously, by the way, Randy and David from the U.S. and Casey was from the U.S. Dirk was from Germany. Um, so uh, Bob, um, I'm not sure. Bob had obviously uh, been a player that people had known. He hadn't won anything yet. Um, Brian Davis was out of um, California, I believe. Uh, and both of them were considered to be really good players. So the most famous thing about this, it was an extended tournament. Um, oh, for those that don't know, um, extended is, um, was a format we used to have where it was like standard, but instead of being two years, it was between five to eight years. Basically, every three years, we'd rotate three blocks. So it, it would always be at least five blocks big, but would get as big as eight blocks big. Um, and modern kind of took its place, but it was kind of a rotating format that had more cards in it. And eventually we went to a non-rotating format that had more cards in it. Um, anyway, the most famous thing about this match, uh, the, the classic story is it's the only time someone uh, won, a pro, pro, won a pro tour when their opponent went 5-0. <laughs> and what that means is, is Bob Marr, every single game that... Um, Brian Davis lost to Bob Marr. So three of them, obviously, because Bob won three to two. Um, Brian Davis could have won. That um, there, there, in each case, there was a way for him to win on the table that that he missed, and that Bob managed to find. Like in each of the games, it, it, there was like no way Bob could win. And then through a, a combination of Brian missing some things and Bob just always looking for the perfect out, Bob managed to win a pro tour that, like, looked unwinnable. Um, 
like I said, Brian Davis, in, in, in every single game he lost, there's a moment where he could have done something to win the game that he missed. Um, and Bob, e- even with the, the misses by Brian, Bob had to take a lot of interesting chances and had played very smart. And anyway, Bob went on to win. Um, and he would later, I think he wins this season, and then I believe um, at Worlds that year he goes to the final two with John Finkel. John beats him in the finals, but Bob goes on to win um, Pro Player of the Year, beating, I think, Darwin Castle. Uh, there's a famous scene in, in Brussels, in, in Worlds, where John is playing uh, Bob Marr in the finals, and you see Darwin Castle rooting for Finkel. Um, or maybe, sorry, maybe he was rooting for his... I think Bob clinched it when he got to the finals. So I think it was Darwin rooting against Bob in the, in the, in the semifinals, I believe. Anyway, so... This was one of those really exciting matches. And another interesting trivia is, I believe um, I had experimented with, I, I used to do the final days. I produced the final days. And I experimenting with using Randy doing commentary uh, at Worlds in 96. Um, but my go-to commentators at the time were Brian Weissman and Chris Pakula. Um, but um, I think Brian, for some reason I stopped using them um, more of their choice than my choice. I, I think they um, weren't continually going to Pro Tours or they couldn't do it. I forget what it was. But I started experimenting with new people. And my memory is, I think this Pro Tour, it was Brian Hacker and Randy Bueller. I'm not sure if it was Randy's first time. Um, I mean, he, in, in Worlds in 96, he did the quarterfinals. Uh, and then Bracula lost in the quarterfinals and did the semis and finals. Um, this might have been the first time Randy did the full game. I'm not 100% on that. Um, but obviously, Randy had just learned how to play, um, I mean, has just won um, t- two years earlier. Anyway, uh, Brian Hacker and Randy Bueller did the commentary on this really good. It's one of my favorite matches, just from a pure, um, just amazing, like, who knows what's going to happen, and the crowd was really into it, and the commentary was really good, and, you know, trying to sort of, every game was like, how could Bob Maher get out of this one? And even the games that Bob, even the games that Bob won like, there were three games that Brian should have won, like, had the win. Um, the other two were not easy games for Bob either. Uh, they were just games where I don't think Bob had the win on the table and didn't take it. Um, so anyway, it was definitely a real nail-biter. And like I said, it went to five games because it was best of five. And in every game, like, you, you couldn't believe that, that Bob pulled it out. But, like, how is he going to continue to do this? And it was really one of the most interesting and most technical to sort of you know, Bob taking every tiny advantage he could because um, the, the decks were a mismatch. Bob was not supposed to win that matchup. Uh, the matchup was deck-wise was better for Brian. Um, anyway, that was um, the third Pro Tour Chicago. Um, oh, by the way, in that Pro Tour Chicago, so in the first one, John Finkel came in third. In the second, John Finkel came in fifth. In the third, it's the only one, the one that um, Bob won, the only of, of all the Pro Tour Chicago's that John Finkel did not Top five, top eight. Um, but interestingly, Bob, uh, sorry, Dirk Babarowski did top eight, so he went back to back top eights um, in Chicago, um, and d- d- once again proving that he was a Hall of Fame uh, caliber player. So obviously, Bob Maher would go on to get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, okay, so the next Pro Tour, a year later, December first through the third, in the year two thousand, um, a little guy, not little guy, he's big, a big guy named Kai Muda would go on to win. So, at this point, um, Kai had won the Worlds in 1999 in Yokohama. 
Um, and when Kai won Worlds, it was it was kind of a surprise. Now, those that knew, Kai had actually uh, went first, 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 second in four of the European Grand Prix. And so the Europeans were well aware that he was a really good player. So, like, I, I had heard of him and knew who he was. Um, but when he was, it was kind of a surprise um, to most people just because he hadn't been somebody that you'd seen before. His first, not his first Pro Tour, but his first Pro Tour Top 8 was at a Worlds where he won, beating Mark Lupin in the finals, I believe. Um, so anyway, this was Kai's second ever win. Uh, the, fir- the first Pro Tour. He- Kai actually wins two Chicago's, a little spoiler. I think the first person to ever do that, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, I'm I meaning win two Pro Tours in the same city. Um, okay, so Kai, uh, the, it's a standard Pro Tour. At the time, we didn't actually do a lot of standard Pro Tours. Now that's something we do all the time. Um, but for the early Pro Tour, we really avoided standard. Um, you'd play standard in the, world's, the World Championships, but standard wasn't something we based a lot of Pro Tours on early on. The idea being that people were playing lots and lots of standards in the store, maybe we showcase other formats at the Pro Tour. We would later reverse that decision, obviously. But um, So... There was a lot of talk about how good Kai was. Um, and so in this one, Kai makes the top eight. In fact, I think 2000, I didn't write down this full top eight, but uh, the 2000 top eight, obviously John Finkel's in it. Um, I believe I believe this is the top eight in which six of the top eight would go on to get into the Hall of Fame, I believe. It's one, it's one of the Chicago's that Kai wins. I think it's the first one that Kai wins. Um, so it, it's just chock full, I mean, chock full of names. And like, when we have the argument, what's the most sort of star-filled top eight ever? Uh, I believe it's, it's um, Chicago 2000. It's one of the contenders um, of, because like I said, six, six of the people in the top eight, um, six in the top eight had, had go on to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, the seventh, I believe, won another Pro Tour, and the eighth had another top eight, although um, I think it's like Jay Elrar, I don't know in my magic trivia in my brain. Um, anyway, Kai Buda ends up playing Camille Cornelison uh, from uh, the Netherlands. He is also, both Kai and Camille would later get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, I believe this is the Pro Tour where John and Kai play, I think it was the semifinals. They played for the first time in the top eight. They had never played before in the top eight. And it's the first time they both made top eight together. And they actually were in the bracket where they met each other. Um, I was, it was my job to pick the matches. I picked, like, what we showed. Um, and uh, I remember my instruction was, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start on the Kai-John uh, match, and then we're going to not leave it until it is over. And then if we have time, we'll see everybody else. Like, we're not, we're going to watch the entire match beginning and John Finkel is playing Kai Buddha. Um, we're, we're going to watch this. Um, although, actually, maybe, maybe that wasn't this Pro Tour. Maybe it was the next, the next time. Because Kai, Kai's not Kai, I mean, he would go on to win this, but the Kai isn't, I think actually 2003 must be when they meet in the semifinals, because um, uh, at the time I did it, it was a giant deal, so it must have been Kai. This is just Kai's, now, at the time, um, Tommy Hovey had won two Los Angeleses, and John had just won a Pro Tour and then a Worlds. So, Kai winning this made him the second ever person to win a Worlds, to win a Worlds and a Pro Tour, and the third ever to win two Pro Tours because a Worlds was considered a Pro Tour. Um, and like I said, he had, this was a, uh, I believe this is the star-studded top top eight. I believe the semifinals with Finkel's coming up in the next Pro Tour Chicago. But anyway, uh, this is standard. Um, I think Brian Kibler played in this top eight. 
I think Zvi uh, Mashwitz, I think, and uh, and um, uh, I'm not remembering all the top eight. Rob, I think, was the top eight. Anyway, uh, a, a very star-studded top eight. Okay, then we get to January 7th to the 19th, 2003. So it's a couple years later. Uh, so Kai Buda defeats Nikolai Herzog from uh, Norway. Uh, it's a Rochester draft tournament. Uh, Finkel ends up being third. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, and uh, so both Kai and Nikolai go on to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, so at this point, Kai, Kai went on a tear. So he his first, well, first win was in Yokohama. Second win was, first non-Worlds win was in Chicago. And then between these two Chicagos, Kai would go on to win, um, I think, six, well, Kai in the end, this Pro Tour in, in Chicago, I think is his last win, I think. I think I, I might be one off. He go, Kai goes on to win seven Pro Tours, which is kind of unheard of. Um, John has won three Pro Tours. Now, John has a lot more top eights than Kai, um, but John has yet to, to, to catch up to Kai's wins because seven wins is kind of... And, and he did the vast, vast majority of his wins in like a two-year stretch. Um, anyway, I think this is his final win. I think it might be a six win. Um, but anyway, this this is the one where Kai meets John in the semifinals. The reason I know that is um, it was a giant deal at the time. John, um, at, the, at this point in time, John had won two Pro Tours, both the Worlds and a Pro Tour. And Kai had won, I think, six, five or six at this point, one of which was a Worlds. Um, and they, like, early, early on, if you ever heard my story, when, when the Pro Tour first started, the best player in the world was a guy named Mark Justice. Um, who had um, come in, who had won the U.S. National Championship, beating Henry Stern, and then had gone on to take third at Worlds, and then third at the next Worlds, um, and then he came in top eight of the first Pro Tour. Um, so the, the first, and then he ended up being top two at that year's Worlds. So early on, the, the best player in the world was Mark Justice. Then Ula Rade, who uh, came in, won Pro Tour Columbus, ended up winning the Pro Player of the Year for the first season, ended up being sort of the new, oh, he's the best player. Ula is the best player in the world. Uh, and then I think John sort of stole the crown from Ula, and then Kai stole the crown from John. Um, and then there's a lot of debate between who is better between John and Kai, and um, that, that debate's got rekindled because John, well, Kai had an amazing, amazing run. John has gone on to have a little more longevity and have more top eight, so it's an interesting question. I mean, obviously, both of them have amazing, amazing stats. Both of them are... Hall of Fame. I'm almost both of, both of them were almost unanimously voted in. Should have been unanimously voted in. Um, anyway, so this I believe was the time where they actually. I, I think in the previous Chicago they didn't meet. They didn't, or if they did meet, it might not be, been as big a deal just because Kai wasn't quite Kai Kai Buda yet. Uh, not, not in the way he would be. Um, so there's a big talk of who was the best in, in Magic history. Like who was the best in the world? And obviously, Kai was on a mad streak, so people were leaning toward Kai. But, but John was still in the discussion. So the idea of John playing Kai uh, in the semifinals was a big deal. And Kai would go on to win, obviously, uh, and then go on to uh, take on Nikolai in the finals. Um, uh, and this was Rochester draft. So one of the interesting things about this, a little trivia here, is that Kai, um, I think Kai is the only person to win two different Pro Tours in the same city. Uh, for sure in different formats, just because that, that, that alone is a hard feat. But also, I mean, John has won twice, or John won three times, but never in the same city. Uh, Tommy won twice, but not in the same city. Um, 
Phoenix Foundation won twice. Um, Phoenix Foundation, I don't think it was, I mean, it could have been Madison. We were Madison Square Garden a couple couple years. So maybe, maybe, maybe Phoenix Foundation won twice in Madison Square Garden. Um, but if they did, my, at least um, as far as an individual, you know, an individual win, um, Kai's the only person to individually win. Um, the funny thing is, if Phoenix Foundation did it, Kai was on Phoenix Foundation. So then Kai did it in another city. Um, but anyway, uh, this was really the... I, I remember when Kai won the, the, won the last Chicago. It, it was just... Um, I mean, every time... One of the things to be aware of, every time Kai would win... Like, when he won the second one, people were like, oh, it's amazing. But then we won the third one. Like, oh, he won three. He won four. He won five. He won six. He won seven. Like, it was just... It, at the time, it was kind of crazy. Um, anyway, that is... Those are my, my major memories of Chicago was all, all the protests in Chicago. Um, keep racking my brain if I've ever been to Chicago for something else. Um, one of the things, now that my daughter's in Chicago, uh, I, I'm planning to try to attend more events in Chicago. So... Um, I, I probably will have some more Chicago stories. Um, so real quickly, just to sort of sum up, um, we, we dropped right into the first half of the vacation really was getting Rachel set up for school and, you know, doing shopping. And um, we bought a lot of stuff there because we had, we had to ship all her stuff um, just because we chose not to make the four-day drive uh, to Chicago from Seattle. Um, so we ended up buying a lot of things she needed there so we didn't have to transport it. Um, so the first three days really were us getting her ready. Uh, but then the back half of the vacation was more us getting to see the city. Um, I have a cousin named Laurel who lives in Chicago, so she got a show to run one day. Um, uh, like, Laurel took us to Navy Pier. So Navy Pier, by the way, is where um, the first pro tour that Randy won, uh, or I mean the first pro tour in Chicago, the one that Randy won, um, was actually at the Navy Pier. Um, all the rest were in a, a convention hall. They weren't at the Navy Pier. That was the one year we were in the Navy Pier. Um, we, uh, I know my, my daughter and I, uh, my younger daughter, Sarah and I got to go up to the top of the Hancock building and they had this thing where they tilt you 30 degrees, like 100 or 90 some stories up. Um, we had a chance to go to The Bean. I, I posted a, a comic today, but for you guys it would be many, many weeks ago with me at The Bean. So The Bean, for those who don't know, uh, there's this, I don't know the name of the sculpture. There's a sculptor who's supposedly not a really nice guy who made this sculpture that is this all metal and clothes sculpture that from one angle looks like a bean. Um, for other angles, it doesn't. But from one angle, it looks like a bean. Um, and I think he called it um, Cloudgate, I think is his official name, which I joke sounds like some controversy in heaven. Um, but anyway, the, the people of Chicago call it the bean because it looks like a big bean. If you stand from, from the main angle, it looks like a big bean. And supposedly he hates it to be called the bean, and he's not a nice people, so... Uh, they continue to call it the Bean, uh, partly because it's a it's a fun name, and partly because it, it upsets the artist. I, I I don't know. Anyway, um, so we got we got a chance to see the Bean. Uh, we we had, oh my family is a big fan of deep dish pizza. So what I did before I went to Chicago is I asked as many people who had lived in Chicago, uh, formerly lived in Chicago, or or some people who still live in Chicago. I asked them for their favorite pizza place, um, and I tabulated all the votes. Um, so we ended up eating at four places. Now, I might have missed the best place. So if there's a really good place, text me, because I'm going to visit my daughter again, and I will have some pizza. So we ate at Luminati's. We ate at uh, Pequod's. We ate at Giordano's. And we ate at uh, Gino's East. Um, I will say that my favorite... Um, I-, I enjoyed all of them. I thought they were all, all good pizza. I think my favorite, personally, was Gino's East. Um, although Giordano's... 
it's funny. There's a place here in Chicago called Delfino's, and Giordano's Delfino's tastes a lot alike, and I really like Delfino's. So, in a lot of ways, Giordano's was a lot. I mean, um, probably Delfino's is based off Giordano's, I guess. But anyway, um, I enjoy Giordano's. So I think my, my, my pick on pizza, from my personal taste of pizza, um, they're all good pizzas, by the way, was, I think my favorite was Gino's East, then Giordano's. Then I'm not sure between Pequod's and Luminati's. I like both of them, but they were, they were both similar in that they were not quite as deep, and they both um, had a, a crunchier crust. Um, also, what else did we do? We, we went to the Science Museum, um, although we did not get into the Pixar exhibit. There was a Pixar exhibit we did not get into just because that sold out before we got there. Um, and we just, we, we did a lot of walking around, and we saw a lot, a lot of, we, we, I actually have a little, on my, um, uh, my phone can tracks how much I walk. Um, and so, turns out, while I was in Chicago, for eight days in Chicago, I walked 15 miles. Five zero miles. We did a lot of walking. Um, and so, anyway, I had a great time, and, um, I mean, the only bittersweet part, of, of, bittersweet part about it was I had to say goodbye to my daughter. I mean, not forever, but uh, I had to put my daughter off to college. So my next podcast, by the way, this is actually, um, I decided to split this into two podcasts because I thought there was a lot of fun stories about Chicago. So I thought I'd start today by talking Chicago. Um, but my next podcast, I'm going to talk about um, dropping my daughter off at school. And uh, uh, my next podcast is called Letting Go. Um, so I'm going to compare dropping off my daughter at college to handing over a set to somebody else to continue working on. Uh, so that sounds interesting. Tune in next time. Um, but anyway, I'm driving up to work. So uh, I funny, whenever I'm away for a week, a lot of things pile up. So um, I know I'm going to go in and have a, a mountain of emails and stuff to deal with. But anyway, hope you guys enjoy today's podcast. Um, I'm a big fan of Chicago. Uh, obviously, I, I, I plan to, uh, at least in the near future, visit Chicago quite a bit. Um, and uh, I hope you guys, if you've never been to Chicago, I will make a, a plea, not a plea, but I'll say uh, you might, you'll get a chance to visit. The Windy City is quite quite a nice place. Um, my daughter fell in love with it. Last fall, we went to visit to see the school, and my daughter really fell in love with the city. I've always liked the city, um, although I had to warn her that she's going to experience a new, a new cold. My, my daughter's lived in Seattle, and so the coldest temperature she's ever really faced is like the teens. She doesn't know what a negative temperature is. Uh, but anyway, we bought her a warm coat. Uh, so anyway, I'm now at, I'm now at work. Uh, so we all know what that means. This is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time.